Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that the sunshine came out. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us now. I pray that you will just speak through Lori and that, Lord, we will hear what we need to and that you will impress our hearts and that we will go away with tools, Lord, to be emotionally healthy and strong so that we can be better witnesses for you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amy. Well, have you ever heard something that just tickled you to death and it just made you excited? And I went to Albuquerque and I went to a conference and I um, listened to a a speech, a talk at um, a conference and it was on emotional intelligence and it just resonated with me. I came home and I did a lot of study and I started reading books on it and I started um, looking all over and I I just know that this is a godly subject that all of us need to learn. And I want you to know that I believe that just because you're here in this room today, that you're going to have a heart change. I really believe that. If you allow God to you know, take your heart and touch it for the things that we're working on. Because God made us emotional human beings, but in our society right now, it has been very, very popular to let us be run by emotions, keyed up, upset, not, you know, being offended, etc. And God has given us all kinds of help, and he's given us tools, and many times we are not using it, and we need to be using it. Anyhow, I found the uh, principles of emotional intelligence to be a big life changer for me. I wish that I could say that I practice what I t- teach all the time, I had an experience yesterday where somebody said something to me and right away it started an emotional response in me and I, instead of waiting a few minutes to calm down and get keyed up, I mean stop, I got keyed up and I said something faster than I wanted to say and that is what this is really about. But the more that we learn, you will be amazed at what God wants to teach you. Researchers say that If we improve our emotional intelligence, which is using our intelligence to decide how to act rather than just flying by emotion, that we can improve phobias. You know what phobias are? Fears. We can improve obsessive thinking where we're going around in circles. We can improve our impulse control disorders, which is where we are being, um, we're in too big of a hurry and we keep doing things that are silly. Uh, we can help our our stress disorders. Anybody got some stress in their life? Don't need a hand. And um, and actually, it also impacts people with um, addictive behaviors. So we need to be emotionally intelligent. Even five hours of training, like what we're going to have this week, will make a difference for you. And so I'm excited to tell you that. So I want you to know that I've been praying for all of you. I didn't know who was coming. I don't know who's coming back. But I want you to know that because of being here, the Lord wants to talk to your heart, and he does want to change how you're impacting other people, including yourself, because this is just such a significant thing. And I, I was just telling these ladies over here that I wish that I had known some of these things when I was raising my child, when I first got married, when I was a teenager. If only I had known. And there are many things that we are not teaching But if you look at this, it depends on what your perspective is. If you're single, you're going to think about your single life. If you're a mother or a father, you're going to think about your children. If you are a pastor, you're going to think about your congregation. Like 
your perspective is going to be really amazing. You're going to go, oh, I only wish that I could have helped people with that. So this is an amazing thing. There was a man who was flying his airplane. He was in a terrible storm. And once he was in the storm, he had to go straight through it to get to the other side because it was too late to get out of it. His instrument panel said he was losing altitude at 200 feet per second, but he couldn't feel it. He couldn't feel where he was at. He didn't know what he could do. He looked outside, and he could see to his side. It looked like um, he needed to bank to his left because it, um, it would make the plane straight, he thought. But his instrument panel completely disagreed with him, and it said he should bank to the right, and he was really concerned. What should he do? Should he follow his instrument panel or his vision? It was hard to deny his emotions because it felt right. When he looked out, it felt right. He had been trained in flight school, and he was told that he needed to always obey his instrument panel. So it was difficult to do, but he did it. When a pilot feels like it's already level and he has to change 45 degrees to a different um, direction, it was hard to do. But he decided with a nervous stomach that he was going to just do what that flight panel told him. He leveled the wings according to the instrument panel. And when he got out of the storm clouds, he realized what he saw before was a false horizon. He had made the right decision, which was to follow his instrument panel. Had the pilot followed his feelings instead of that panel, he would have flown straight into the ground, into the mountains that were right below him. And he and his passengers certainly would have died. And this is similar to our emotions. They were never meant to be our guiding system. They are gauges only to help us with knowing what we need to do. Emotions can run people. They can cause them to crash in a lot of relationships, in their jobs, in their relationships with their personal um, partner, with their children. And if we could only allow principle, standards, intelligence, God's help to run our lives, we would really not crash as much as we do because we would have a much better, more stable life. And so following his instrument panel did save his life. Let's read this. Wisdom is the principal. Oh, can you see that? Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understandings. And that's Proverbs 4, 7. Who represents wisdom? Christ. Christ, yeah. You know, we keep saying, oh, that's not common sense. Well, what is common, right? <laughs> Depends on who you are and where you live and where you came up, right? Common sense, that's really got a really poor foundation. But common sense, really, when it's God's sense, it never changes. It's always the same, and it's always correct. And many times we forget to check with God who knows everything. We need to make our decisions based not on our feelings, but what is right. And God represents wisdom, and he will give us a stable life. So this person right here is Daniel Goleman. Now, this was he was the one who created a book called Emotional Intelligence. It was on the New York bestseller list in the 90s for a couple of years. And um, his research found that it doesn't matter who you are 
or how smart you are or where you came from or who your parents were or or how special somebody thinks you are that if you don't have emotional intelligence you're going to have about an 80% chance of having a miserable life and if you practice emotional intelligence no matter what your background is there's the 80% chance that you will have a stable and healthy life isn't that amazing so that's what researchers show us. And then there are five parts of emotional intelligence, and we're going to take one part every day. And I want you to know that I, I renumbered them. I know that they're on the wheel a different way. The first one today is what? We're going to talk about self-awareness. And number two, self-regulation, to me, that's the meat of this message. If you're going to miss anything this week, don't miss that one. That to me is like how to, and that's very important. That's tomorrow. Self-awareness is today. Number two is self-regulation. So Monday, self-awareness. Tuesday, self-regulation. Wednesday, self-motivation. I'm sorry, motivation. And Thursday is empathy. Five is social skills. So it'll be very important. How many of you want to be more emotionally stable? We can attract more people to Christ when we're emotionally stable because if we're going up and down and, and like a roller coaster, people aren't attracted to that as much as they are to somebody who is stable and seems to have it more together. They're more inclined to be want to be like them, right? If, if God was off and on and he only loved us once in a while, would we be more inclined to be... Wouldn't we give up and say, well, it's hopeless? And so the biggest thing is that we want to be reflecting Christ so that we can be um, helping others come to Christ. Let's read this verse. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: Love the Lord with all your heart and your neighbor as ourselves. And that really is a big message for emotional intelligence. This is a this is a very important fundamental of what is biblical, rather than um, even though they're using it out in the business world. I want to be like Jesus, don't you? And Jesus modeled on this earth how to be emotionally intelligent, despite all the low emotionally intelligent people around him. But what did you notice about some of the people like Peter and some of the Troubled disciples, what happened the longer they were around Jesus? He wore off on yeah, he wore off on them and they became more emotionally stable. And guess what? The more we're with Jesus, sometimes that can help our stability in so many ways. We really need to recognize there is a significant factor when we are closer to Christ. Okay, I'd like to know... Some characteristics of Christ. I know I have a very smart class, and I'm going to repeat this for the speaker on, I mean, that I'm being recorded. So tell me, some of the characteristics of Christ. Self-sacrificing. All right. Thank you, Anna. Just a moment. How's that? I know her right from behind. She lives in the same town as I. Patient. Okay? Self-controlled. Self oh, yeah. Thank you. Loving. 
Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to be self-controlled here in just a minute. Okay. Loving. What else? Kind. Yes, respectful. He had people that were annoying, must be annoying all around him all the time. And he didn't say, you know, like that Mary Magdalene, he, he took those demons out of her eight times and he didn't go, if I told you once, I've told you a million. He didn't do that. He was respectful and kind. He loved her anyway and she still loved, yeah, I mean, forgiving. Yes, compassionate. Gentle, generous. Wow. Look at how many things we come up with right away. I mean, amazing. He walked this earth and he practiced it. I'm going to cut it off right now because we could probably go on for a long time. So, what are the fruits of the Spirit? A lot of them are similar to these words, aren't they? Let's see how you did. Let's read it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Like if we are going to be like Christ, we're going to be like that, right? And so here it is that Daniel Goleman writes this book that's on this bestsellers list, and he describes what a person with emotional intelligence looks like And here's what it is. I'd like you to help me read that because I want to make sure that you're all awake. All right? People with high emotional intelligence express they feel more fulfilled in their life, have stronger, healthier relationships with others, maintain friendships better, are more creative, show more confidence, are better communicators, act with more intelligence, are less likely to lie, cheat, or steal, perform better at work, and get along with their fellow employees, are rated by their employees as more effective leaders. I'm going to go back to the one I messed up on for my speaker over here, which is act with more integrity in situations. So why why wouldn't we want to be like that, right? Do you think that oaths are biblical when you look at this? Absolutely. So in a nutshell, people who are practicing biblical principles are acting like this, correct? And those are Jesus' traits, are they not? So if you say, why are we learning this business model of emotional intelligence at camp meeting? It's because I want to be like Jesus. Isn't that true? And the reason that they are showing this as a model in businesses is that when you can have employees that act this way, Not only is the work environment so healthy. How many of you have worked where everybody's pot-shotting and jumping on the others to get ahead and they steal ideas and they and they talk against other people or you walk up to them and they're all whispering or, you know, there's just all this stuff. So when they have people like this, the whole environment improves. Not only that, when people have integrity and respect, more people want to buy from them and and work with them, and so they sell, and so then they can manipulate people to purchase things from them, and they can have a better business. But this is really what Christians should be doing and acting like, and this should be so that they can win people to Christ. So here's another one. 
And I'm going to do some things. You know, again, high emotional intelligence is the opposite of low emotional intelligence. And when you look at these things, you could go, oh, yeah, I know people like that. Well, guess what? We probably have pieces of it all, right? There's people who I, they'll say, well, does this person have a personality disorder? Well, most of us have little pieces of everything, right? It's just how serious it is. And so we probably have all of these things, but we want to improve. So let's talk about a high emotional intelligent person is what? Hard to offend. Let me stop on that. Are we having any problems in the media where people are offended? And they go on and on for two or three days with their apologies, and then they're going, that's not an apology, and then people make jokes about their apology, and people are very offended. You know, you talked about my mother. You talked about my my uh, life, my you know, my partner, like whatever. It's like it, it's just this has really become a huge thing in the U.S. Okay, emotionally intelligent people are self-confident. They have good boundaries, and they're decisive. Self-confident, I'm going to clarify that, and it's like we're confident because of what God does for us. And then low are what? Easily offended, fearful, have loose boundaries, difficulty making decisions. Do you see that going on in the United States more? Yeah, we're having more and more problems. And actually, I I heard a um, study on public radio. I didn't get it. Uh, right away about who it was the researcher but they were talking about that only like 10 years ago they had about 10 percent of college students that had some kind of personality or personality disorder or mental health problem and right now it's about 65 percent can you imagine how bad things have gotten so fast yeah um, low intelligent people are more impulsive, they fight more, and they have a higher divorce rate. What a surprise. They are the worst ex-spouse to have. They create confusion and drama. They spew to their children what's going on with the other parent. They persuade kids that they're the best parent. You know, that's some of the stuff. Many of you know what that's like. It's going on. We would like to say, oh, it never happens around Adventists. Well, now it's happening everywhere. It seems like we're about 10 years behind the average person out there, right? And then it starts to come to us. Here's some more about emotional intelligence. I want you to get a real good idea of what it is. So high emotionally intelligent people are, read with me, emotionally stable, can delay their gratification, can manage emotions effectively. This is a really important about delay gratification. Like, I don't have to have it now. I don't have to have an answer right now. I don't have to badger you. I don't have to get my way. Very important. But when you're low emotionally um, intelligent, you will have what? Emotionally unstable, has difficulty delaying gratification, has difficulty with feelings of anger, sadness, and fear. And we're going to talk about those emotions because if we... Now, there's lots of colors of the rainbow, and you know there's primary colors, but when you go in between, there's lots more shades, right? Well, if you look at shades of of emotions, there's all kinds of emotions, but our basic ones are anger, sadness, fear, and joy. Anger, sadness, and fear are some of the most unhealthy emotions if we keep them in our heart for very long. Joy is what the Bible tells us is the most important, and we have the opportunity to switch to joy whenever we personally think about it, that God can help us to do that. So I want to let you know that there is a way out of here, and we're going to talk about how we're going to do that. All right, one more. Here we go. 
high emotional intelligence are able to overcome impulsive thoughts to use substances. Let me stop on that. When you have an impulse, oh, eat an Oreo cookie. I was just thinking of something I would be tempted by. If I say, okay, I'm going to go and eat an Oreo cookie right now, I might even go to the store and get a whole package of Oreo cookies. How easy will it be for me to go and eat another Oreo cookie? And then if I have this pattern where I start to eat all the Oreo cookies and then I go, you know, I need to get rid of those Oreo cookies. You know, I shouldn't have them in the house. Let me just eat those up. So I finish the whole package. And then what do I do when I go shopping? I need more Oreo cookies. And then now I've got this this pathway of neurotransmitters that every time I get an impulse, I need an Oreo cookie. That's how addictions are. If we mind, if we agree and obey what our impulse says, we will start pathways in our brain so that it's a well-worn path. And every time that we have, oh, there's, you could say if you're angry, lonely, hungry, or tired, or whatever, that you think about something like that. And then if you go on that pathway, it's so easy to do it, isn't it? So being emotionally healthy and being able to tolerate those impulses helps you with substance abuse issues and other addictions. Okay, an emotionally intelligent person is patient with others. Whoa, did you guys say that? What? Oh, oh, that's not on there. Whoa, okay. Let's say it again. Patient with others. Whoa, okay. Open to others' opinions, right? It's not a threat. And if you're a low emotionally intelligent person, prone to substance abuse, Easily irritated by small stuff. Have you heard, don't sweat the small stuff. Rigid in their thinking. It has to be this way, not this way. And you can't have your own opinion, right? And I, you, you can't even question me on it because it needs to be the way I want it. So the more that I want to control, the lower intelligence, emotional intelligence I have. So let me ask you, if your child's going to school for the first time, Would you want a high emotional intelligent teacher or a low emotional intelligent teacher? If you are going to hire somebody for your business, you want an emotionally intelligent person that's high or low? High. High. Absolutely. If you have a child that's about to get married and they're choosing a spouse, do you want them to have high emotional intelligence or low emotional intelligence? Absolutely, because this is the better chance to have a successful and healthy, emotionally healthy life. So it's a very big difference. So, you know, people go, but I am who I am, and I just can't help it. This is how I cope. This is how it is. Well, who can we blame? Actually, it is ourself, isn't it? Our parents or caregiver, they certainly gave us a certain way to think, and we often mimic what they do. But don't I have a choice every day what I do with it? Okay. How about if there's somebody who's experienced trauma, this is really sad, if they've had trauma like sexual abuse or physical abuse, that certainly impacts how emotionally intelligent they are. And that's something that they need help for because that is not something that one person can get help, I mean, just figure out on their own. Entertainment. They said that they have been recognizing that how we entertain ourselves is a huge impact on our emotional intelligence. 
we often, there are kids who are, make icons of certain um, TV programs or movies or whatever, and they so relate to them that they'll try to take on some of those behaviors. We also, um, what they're doing with the video games, etc. those are all things that impact our emotional intelligence. So when people go, oh, it's not a big deal, or I only, like, you have to recognize that these are all big influences on your emotional intelligence. But every day is a new day to do the right thing because we're supposed to what to ourselves? We're supposed to die to ourselves and, and ask the Lord to take over. But why should we warp ourselves so it's more difficult? We have to recognize that it's very difficult. And then another thing that they've been finding, um, Dr. Neil Nedley talks a lot about emotional intelligence, and he found that there were some people that they hadn't even really worked with on emotional intelligence, but when they changed their diet and had them exercise, and then they asked them to take some of the, um, you know, they had a pre-test and a post-test, and they asked them to do that, they still made significant differences on their emotional intelligence without any instruction. So it is very important that we look at what we eat and what we think about and what we do when it comes to emotional intelligence. And again, I want to encourage you that we can improve our emotional intelligence in a very short time with God's help. And how do we know that? Let's talk about this. What's this verse? Let's read it together. And I don't want you to look at it. I'm sure you all know it by heart, right? And I want you to say it with feelings. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many things? It's not just a little bit. Well, you're going to be, you're going to improve a little bit. No, I can do all things. God has a great standard and he can help us with all of that. Isn't that encouraging? I have an intelligence test, an emotional intelligence test. I'm looking at all of you and I'm thinking, they gave me 50. And I don't think 50 is going to stretch around here. So I'm going to give it to you in the next class, but I want you to know that um, I'm going to let you have it, and you can take it home, and you can work on it. I want you to be really honest with it. I don't want you to put down what you think would be a good answer because you don't want to be showing yourself that way. It's only between you and God. So if you lie to yourself, that's really hard. And I want you to also think about it because when it changes at the end, um, I think that on Friday when you take it again after you've gone to this class that you're going to see that you have improvements. Isn't that a blessing? So watch out. Like God wants to help change you. So I'm going to um, work on that for the next class. Okay? So here's another thing. Many of us, especially females, go, you know, I just don't feel that way. I just, you know, I just, it, it just didn't feel right. You know, off the top of my head, I just don't feel... You ever had that? Anybody feel that? I just don't... I'm not feeling it, any of that kind of talk. We give our brains a lot of credit because guess what? They are not good organizers. They are not always giving us the right thoughts. And just because we think something doesn't mean that it's wrong. We give it too much power. And who can also influence our thoughts? Do you realize that? People go, oh, no, they could. Actually, he knows how to do it and knows your individual problems. He also knows just what is your concern, your temptation. And so he does not help us to correctly evaluate things. Would you, any of you go to a prison and talk to somebody on the death, 
uh, on, on a death ward and you know that's been in there for murder and ask him what you should do with your life and your future. And yet so many of us go, well, you know, my, I just don't feel like I should go down that path. You know, I just haven't had that feeling. And like, really? It needs to be what? It needs to be well thought out and concerned because God is the one who knows us and he knows the beginning from the end. And the devil can speak to us too through our thoughts. We want to be more emotionally stable. So we say, with God's help, I try not to live my life by feelings. Do you think that that would be a good thing to say? So I would like you to say that. With God's help, I try not to live my life by feelings. So when somebody says, how do you feel about that? Well, with God's help, I try not to um, live my life by feelings because I just might decide to do what my feelings tell me rather than what God tells me. There are differences between standards and principles versus my feelings, and we need to recognize that. And if we let our thoughts take us on a a trip, we could be on a what? A roller coaster, because we're going up and down and all around, and that's how we get unstable. Sometimes we're so damaged because of maybe experiences that we've had in the past that if we let our emotions tell us what to do, we're going to have lots of troubles in our life. By the way, I can't imagine Abraham taking Isaac out he must have said, this just doesn't feel right. This just, you know, I just don't think that this is true, what I should be doing or what it's telling me to do. And like so glad that he did what God told him and God honored him. He did standards, not feelings. We would all have a lot of feelings when it's our child, right? Can I say something? Um, how about at the end? Okay. All right. So um, don't let your emotions rule you instead of your mind, your standards, and your intelligence. There was a song, maybe it was in the 90s or the 80s, by Debbie Boone. And she sang, you know, this song about, you light up my life. Anybody remember that? You give me hope to carry on. And at the end, she says what? Do you remember that last line? She said, it can't be wrong when it feels so right. What's wrong with that, emotionally intelligent people? Your feelings, yep. Some people, because they feel the certain way, they just makes makes everything right, you know. So I can have an affair because it just feels right, right? Does the devil make us enjoy sin? So then if we are impacted by that, that is really sad. All right, so recognize that that God wants us to live in emotional intelligence using our brain and his help. Well, not both. I mean, God wants to use our brains so that he can influence us in our emotions. And we don't want to follow our emotions. We want to follow what we know is to be true and right. How's that, Amy? You got your picture in there. Yeah. Even though we are Christians and know that Christ died for our sins, we can still have a lot of issues with our feelings like fear, jealousy, anger, grief, guilt. How many of you know about forgiveness? Okay, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. What do you know about forgiveness? God what? Forgives us freely, right? He separates our sins as far as... Okay, he throws them into the... If we don't forgive... He can't forgive us. So when we've done all of that work and we've confessed our sins, 
and we've acknowledged our sin, which is, again, part of what we're doing today is acknowledging that we have these feelings and these thoughts and these behaviors because we have to have help for them. We have to acknowledge them before we can get help. So when, when we think about the fact that God has forgiven us, how many of you go back and say, but I still feel guilty? Isn't that a showing of a sign that our emotions are damaged? Because if the truth is that God forgave us and he threw them into the ocean, when we feel guilty, isn't that dishonoring God who's our best friend and told us that he forgave us? Do we believe him or do we not? And so if we continue to sit there and torment ourselves with feelings of guilt over something we've asked forgiveness for, that shows that we are damaged. There's also, um, I was thinking about uh, jealousy. You know, sometimes we ask forgiveness for jealousy or, or resenting somebody who has something going on, and, and we still feel resentful even though the Lord asked us to help. We need to make sure that we choose not to be tormenting ourselves but to keep claiming those promises that God gave us. That will help us. All right, so you can at least, well, I'm going to ask you. I don't want your hands to go up. Think about one of these emotions, one of these basic emotions of anger, fear, or grief. I bet that some of you have had those experiences just in the last week. Would you say that? Okay. Many of you hold on to some of those things. Do you know what happens when you hold on to them? Actually, it lowers your um, ability to fight infections. Their researchers are now finding out men with anger have more cardiac problems. Women with um, anger and, and grievances seem to do it differently. They have more gastrointestinal issues. People with grief, they actually get more diseases, more illness. So we recognize that it's really important that we can't stay in those emotions. And God can help us because what does the Bible say? Praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. How many times? And again I say? Yes. And so there are times when we need to change our emotions. And many of you may say, well, I really can't change our emotions. Well, we'll do something about that in just a minute. So again, the devil can continue to talk to us about all the things that happen. Have you ever said, oh, the Lord doesn't care about me? What do you know to be true? What do we know about God's love? He does care. And so when we go, I just don't feel loved, I don't feel cared for, like he just told us that he loves us, that he would take us to heaven, that he would have died for only us. And so we're also telling our friend that we don't believe him. So we have to watch out how we torment ourselves with our feelings. Again, Satan has studied us and he can influence our emotions. And then we become slaves to that. So here's a verse from the Review and Herald, and I'd like you to read it with me. Okay? Satan, if he is unsuspected, give feelings and impressions. These are not correct and safe guides. So what does that tell you about Satan? That on a regular basis, he's whispering things into your head, and it's up to you whether you grab onto him because you like to believe all the worst things about things, or if you say, I'm refuting that, get thee behind me, Satan, I'm going to um, go with what God tells me. 
here's another thing. Oh, you can't see it. It's not very bright. God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. Do you feel weak today, folks? You feel like you just aren't going to get over some things? And God has promised that when you're weak is when he's most strong and he can help you, right? Humble people who come to him are certainly the people that he loves to work with. And so we have to be intentional that when we have these tormenting thoughts, we're going to think something else. One of the things I like to do is sing songs. I think singing songs is encouraging. And so um, I, you can't see it on there, but I thought we could sing this, right? Because when you have some really bad thoughts, I just chose a song for you to sing. And, and can you see it a little bit? I have decided to follow Jesus. You think we could do that? All right, so here's the devil's telling you that you're not worthy or he's telling you that, you know, you really messed up and I don't know how the Lord could forgive you. And instead, you are going to refute the devil and you're going to sing a song, okay? You ready? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. So there, devil. No turning back. No turning back. The next one is, though none go with me. I might be alone on this, but no, though none go with me. Ready? Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And probably you're going, yes, I've been in Lori's seminars before, and she always writes her own little ditties on this. And I'm like, so here we go. Though emotions go up and down, still I will follow, okay? Though emotions go up and down, still I will follow. Though emotions go up and down, still I will follow. Though emotions go up and down, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Isn't that important that we encourage ourselves with singing? Do you remember Paul and Silas? What did they do? Can you imagine sitting on a dungeon floor in stocks and singing? And we're sitting in comfortable chairs in nice, cool camp meeting. And and we have a lot to say. So anyhow, back to self-awareness. Self-awareness, I don't like the word self-awareness. It sounds like I want to know myself. I want to obsess about who I am. I want to figure out my moods, etc. And I don't think that that's important. I think that we need God to tell us about who we are and the things that we need to be um, understanding about ourselves. So we have to understand that it's important for us to ask God. By the way, um, oh, go to the next one. Here's a saying. Let's read this one. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. There are people who are very obsessed by their sad emotions. I know as a social worker, when we were talking about kids who've been physically abused, they have all this anger, and they're like, 
have them punch a punching bag or rip up newspaper and help them get that anger out. And what they found out is that then they would go home and they would punch on their brothers and sisters. It didn't work. And you know what? It's it's in the adult world too. And so I wanted to show you this. More and more Americans are using to relieve stress. When you get to the point you just want to smash everything around you, it turns out there's a room for it. It's called Rage Rooms, and they're not without controversy. NBC's Cynthia McFadden went to check them out. Most of us have probably had the urge to do this. It is the absolute most amazing feeling of relief. It's actually doing it a healthy way to get rid of anger. For 50 bucks, the owner of Houston Panthers will give folks 15 minutes to release their inner Surprisingly, the biggest users, teachers, and stay-at-home moms. Or I can come in here and just annihilate a room. Sean Baker launched the company last year from her own frustration. After 25 years in the oil industry, she was laid off. It was devastating. You're so upset about it, I can tell. Very bitter. It really helped her to go to the rage room, didn't it? She that anger into a business that lets others unleash theirs. Why do they come? Divorces are number one. You say more women than men, and all women outdo the men. 100%. Okay, she's really going at it. Oh, she's Watch out, men. Okay, but do you ever worry that someone with real mental health issues or whatever could walk through that door and you'd never know? Um, well, I guess that's a possibility. It hasn't happened. And that's not all that worries Dr. Catherine Mung from Columbia University, who thinks rage rooms could actually be dangerous. It really lowers the bar for behavior. So you think that rage rooms could actually lead to more rage? Potentially, we start to have a new behavior that we probably haven't allowed ourselves to do in public. We're doing it in this private room now. And then you go home, and you're having an extraordinarily bad day. What's to stop you from doing it at home? I mean, look at this mess. Yeah. I never leave here feeling anything other than exhausted, happy, and I have a huge smile on my face from ear to ear. And I don't have to clean it up. tantrum that's becoming all the rage, and maybe adding to it. Cynthia McFadden, NBC News, Houston. So, so for $50, I can give you some advice. <laughs> Take your rage to God, and God can solve it, and he can dissolve it in your heart. And that's a lot better than destroying something and having to pay for it. Self-awareness. Again, I said we really need to know how we feel about certain things, and God is the one who we want to help us. You know, many people who don't deal with their anger will go to those impulsive, addictive behaviors. We know addictions can be um, drugs, drinking, pornography, um, shopping addictions, gambling, eating addictions, and all kinds of things, materialism, and it doesn't really make you feel better. It just escapes until you get to the next day. And again, I mean, when you think about Mary Magdalene, she was molested and she turned to a life of prostitution. So many times you'll see that people who've had terrible lives and haven't dealt with it will go and have other behaviors. And hurt people hurt people, don't they? And so if you think that you're going to go and get go after somebody who's hurt, then you just hurt some more people and you're just keeping the hurt going. 
So recognize that we really need to have God help us solve it. Um, God wants to help us regulate our emotions and our behaviors, and we represent him in how we deal with certain issues. He has given us friends, and he says he has given us a multitude of counselors. There are many people who can help you. So please make sure that you get help if you are having some big issues in those areas. If you choose to stay in anger, fear, or grief, it impacts your jobs and your relationships. God has given us power to switch our minds. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Some people will say, I cannot change how I feel. So I would like you to do a little exercise, a little mind exercise right now. I would like you to think about somebody who hurt your feelings in the last year. Somebody who said something that really offended you, hurt you in the gut. Something, somebody who acted like you were hopeless. Somebody who acted like there was just nothing that you could do good. Somebody who um, jumped to conclusions about your behavior. Something that just really hurt you. And I would like to ask you, when you think about that, what are some of the emotions that you feel right now? Anybody? Sad, anger. I want to run away. I want to run away. Yeah, that would be the um, denial, frustration, disappointment. Yeah, well, that's good. You have some pity for them. That's okay, but it's a sad thing, too. Yeah. Anything else? Anxiety. Actually, whatever happens, it gets in our gut and it starts to impact us. Actually, they always say that depression is actually, I'm angry at somebody. So, George, I'm picking on you again. You know that, right? He's always worried I'm going to pick on him. So I'm going to pick on him. So I'm really, so George says something upsetting to me and I'm really mad at George. But then after a while I go, you know, George wouldn't have said that to me if I hadn't been such a bad person. And so it becomes my problem and then I, I embrace it and it becomes my depression. That's often how some things can happen. And it keeps us in bondage. Um, so we just talked about those emotions that you were feeling. Isn't it amazing how fast you can feel them, by the way? I'd like you to think about right now somebody who complimented you, somebody that was encouraging you to you. It could have been a teacher. could have been a Sabbath school teacher. could be somebody at your church. They said you did a really good job. They really appreciated what you did. They, they were kind. They wrote something nice on your Facebook. Yeah, I always have this young lady back here. She's always writing something sweet on my Facebook. And I'm like, it's so sweet. I'm like... Who could she be talking about? But anyway, so anyway, when you when you think about somebody that complimented you and helped you feel really good, what emotions are you feeling right now? Peaceful, happy, encouraged, relieved. What? Confident, hopeful. Yeah, I was going to think hopeful. Okay, did did any of you? who just answered and said you felt those ways right now. Did any of you say that you felt negative just a few minutes ago? Yeah. So what did you do? You changed your emotions actually because of the way that you were thinking. What does God want to do? He wants to renew what? Our minds. We have the ability to change on a dime how we choose to do it. If we ask God to help us, that would even make it so much faster. God wants to help us feel joy. 
When I rejoice, that's really important. I put it on my Facebook. I was probably getting ready for this class. I was mad about the weather, and I'm like going on about this has got to be the coldest. And then I'm like, so, so I need to change that and be grateful. And then I was like, you know, I enjoyed my meetings. I keep seeing people I love. I got to eat with all my friends. I get to be in a place where there's no ants biting me this year. And like, you know, when you start to think about it, gratefulness will completely change your emotions. And we need to be thinking very much about gratefulness. I'd like you to read this with me. Another thing to read, okay? At times, a deep sense of our unworthiness will send a thrill of terror through the soul. But this is no evidence that God has changed towards us. We may not feel today the peace and joy which we felt yesterday, but by faith grasp the hand of Christ and trust him as fully in the darkness as in the light. Don't you think about Job? How was it that he didn't sin, that he didn't go against, you know, God? It's just like it's amazing because there wasn't any evidence. He didn't know what was happening, but he just kept focused on the goal, which is to serve God. When we think about how to get some self-awareness. A lot of people in the world, they go to work, books on self-awareness. And they're really exploring what God wants. We need God, but we aren't gods. And these books tell us that all the answers lie within ourselves. Ugh. The way we get, do we ponder about ourselves? Mm, it's really important for me to know. No, we don't do that. We go to God and we say things like this. Let's read this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. How come he knows us so well? He made us. He's the creator of our minds. He knows exactly how things are. We need to go to our creator because he can help us through everything. Our father who knows even how many hairs are on our heads knows what we need to do and what kinds of issues we need to address in our lives. Our father wants to help us, he loves us, he cares about us. If you have a pen, jot this down. This Psalm 139.23. 139.23. I'm giving you an assignment on the next slide. Psalm 139.23. You can take a picture of it with your cell phone if you need to. but Because I want you to ask the Lord to search you. Okay, the next one. Let's read this one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. When you say, oh, I think it's this way or I'm this way, or like we don't know. God needs to tell us. So here's your assignment. Before tomorrow, I would like you to have prayer with God and you would like to ask him, can you help me with understanding some of the issues that I need to address in my life? Can you help me with with um, learning what kind of character flaws you want me to work on. Those things that are in my emotions where I like love to torment myself or I listen to Satan because he just keeps on influencing me and I just hold on to those thoughts and I, I wake up sad in the morning because I just want to continue to hold on. Like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I'd like to have him work with you. And I'd like to hear some of your experiences because I want you to know that I believe the Lord has a great plan for your life And you probably have something to share that might influence somebody else. So I'd like to take a few of you tomorrow telling me what it is that the Lord helped you with, if you can do that. All right. Here we go. We're going to go. Let's read this one. 
This is all, I want to show you that emotional intelligence has always been in the Bible, and we just haven't seen it. You ever read, you ever had a new word, and you go, I've never heard that word before, and then all of a sudden you hear it being mentioned all the time? Like, this is emotionally intelligent thing. Okay, let's read it together. Are all reading it? We're going to have a choir of voices, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And who do you think can understand it? Amen. All right, here's another one. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, you, some of you are overeducated. You've been to these seminars. You've been listening to these seminars. But when you go home, you don't do anything about it. I want you to do something about it. I want to see the Lord working in your life so that you can change where you're going. Because this is what God wants to tell you is that he's here. Use his power. You have all these tools. When you look at some of your neighbors, they don't have any of these tools. The Bible is giving you tools. Use them. Pick them up. All right. Here's another one. Ready? Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? 2 Corinthians 13.5. Very important. You know, if only Peter had recognized his weakness earlier, he might not have made all those mistakes. But however, we do enjoy reading about them, don't we? Because it helps us to relate to them. But we want to relate to when he was being healthy, too. And uh, journaling, very important that you write things down. Sometimes when you are speaking to somebody, you aren't really getting it. But when you see it on a paper and you can come back and review it and go, wow, there's some growth there, journaling is very important. So my husband, why are you here? Okay, I'm like, was it something I said? He's my boss, I have to be worried. Okay, Isaiah 55, 8, I'd like you to read this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. So when you say, well, I think, or I need to do this, or I, what a, like, we need to talk to God first, don't we? I am so guilty of running faster than him, and I always think about how much more I could have efficiently done something, or I wouldn't have put the shoe in my mouth and had to dry it off before I put the next one in. Just like you think about it. Okay, here's another one. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man what? Calms a quarrel. Yeah, and then here's a really good clincher one. You ready? Proverbs 28, 26. Yeah. Ready? Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Do you know that when you're not walking with the Lord, you're a fool? And you're safer when you're with God? Would that make sense? Don't walk without him. Very important. 28-26. All right. You want to hear this from the Desire of Ages? I'm going to push you because I see our time is going down. I have a good thing to end with. Okay. The weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger will you become in his strength. Did you hear that? I don't care how sick you are, how mentally deranged you are, the Lord wants to help you. And he thinks that when you depend on him and you have more issues, you're more interested, right? Those who have loved much. Well, anyway. 
You know, I told you about Job. What a wonderful story. He just stayed focused on what God wanted. He did not use his emotions or else he would have sinned. And it says he was blameless and upright among um, and God-fearing and clean living. I mean, you know, he's just did amazing things. So, okay, I'm passing through that story because you've heard it before and we're getting to the end of our thing. Okay, see yourself through the eyes of God. Remember when I said some of us hold on to these old things and I feel guilty or whatever? We need to see our, ourselves through God. Did God make junk? If we tell him he did, what happens? We offend the maker, right? You ever gone to the artist and said, this is a piece of junk? That would be very offensive. He created you for a purpose. You were created by God. He has a plan for you. And you are fearfully and what? Wonderfully made. Amen? Amen? We need to recognize, if we recognize who we are in Christ, that will be important. Okay. Now, sometimes I tease the men that come in for marriage counseling at my office. Because I always say, how do you think your wife is feeling? You know, the... And I'm like, okay, now there's feelings. There's like, you know, joy or terrified or foolish or mad or whatever. So, like, I'm going to help you with that. But I think it's really important that we recognize our feelings. So I'm going to show you some pictures, and I'm going to see how, how good you are at identifying who they are and how they're feeling. So let's see how you did. What do you think they're feeling? I looked up a word, and then I found this picture. So hopefully it's not my thing. What did you think? Wait, wait, wait. Over here, what? He blew it. Okay, but let's talk about a feeling and not, okay, anything else? Depressed. Okay, what else? Confused. Hmm. Frustrated is actually the word I looked up. So it doesn't mean that you're wrong, but that was the one that came up when I put in frustrated. Okay, here's another one. Content is a really good one. It's a piece of what I heard. Yeah. Whoop, I just gave you an illustration. Peaceful is what I looked up, and that was the picture that came up. Okay. Watch out. Boy, I guess you didn't take out the garbage today, right? What do you think? What emotion? Angry. Oh, you all got that. It must be that you see more anger than anything else. Hurt. That's the one I looked up. I looked up hurt, and that was what came. Okay? I don't think I've heard it yet. Lonely? Hmm. Sad. That's I looked up sad or grieving, and that and this picture kept coming up. So I don't know that that's true. I'm just giving you a little illustration that we should recognize emotions. And here's the last one. This is how I felt when camp meeting began. Excited. I looked up excited, and that was excited. He looks excited, right? So it's very important. God will help us with understanding our emotions, but we also need to read others' emotions, and that's what we're going to talk about on, I believe, on Thursday. Very important that we read other emotions. All right. Let's read this verse. Okay, you ready? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Who's going to help us with our emotions? Isn't that wonderful? So here's, here's something. 
This is a song. It says, he climbs into my lap for a good night hug. He calls me dad and I call him bub. With his faded old pillow and a bear named Pooh, he snuggles up close and he says, I want to be like you. I tuck him in bed and I kiss him goodnight, tripping over the toys as I turn out the light. And I whisper a prayer that someday he'll see he's got a father in God because he's seen Jesus in me. Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Help me to be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. And he's got a father in God because he's seen Jesus in me. And that is a huge issue. And that is that we leave a legacy. When we die, we leave a legacy. Will people be inspired by us? or hurt by us? Will they be encouraged by us, or will they be discouraged? Will we have an example to follow, or won't we have an example? Very important that we recognize that God wants us to leave an example for people. And so we are living examples of him on this earth. So let's read this verse, okay? As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Early morning and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Who hears your voice? And he answers you. And you're not alone. And so when you work on your emotions, recognize that God wants to change your heart, and he wants to change relationships. He wants to change how you relate in the community. Very important. And this could be the beginning of something for you. But tomorrow, the meat of this talk, the science of this talk, I'm going to present And I hope that you will be here because I think it will give you a vision in your mind so that you can be much more successful with God's help so that you recognize what he wants to do in you. Let's, um, could we stand and I'll pray. And this is a, I'm going to pray a prayer that I hope that you'll pray. Oh, did you have something to say? We think we need to move you. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll have prayer first. Don't leave after the prayer, please. All right. So maybe we could say it all together. Would that be okay? All right. Because I want you to say this actually to God tonight, maybe, if you could. Dear Lord, look into my heart. Search me and know what I need to clean up. See if there is any wicked way in me. I want nothing between you and me. Lord, I long to have a heart that is cleansed by you. I look forward to what you're going to tell me tomorrow. And I will have some handouts for you. I'll have more handouts than I had that I brought today. And I hope that you have a blessed evening. And I hope that you have a healthy emotions. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, Or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.